0: Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. In today's episode, we will discuss how The Jealous Vegan got started. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we're joined by two members of The Jealous Vegan creative team.
1: Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, and I'm also known as The Balancer.
0: April
2: Cunningham, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, health and life coach, also known as The Influencer.
0: Okay, so I was recently going through my photos, ready to post something to Instagram, and I came across the picture of the night that we had gone to dinner, and the whole idea of The Jealous Vegan got started. Do you guys remember that balmy summer evening in Richmond as well as I do? Of course I do, because I remember that pork chop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: My pork chop. So,
2: <laughs> <was> so good.
0: <laughs> so for those who weren't at the table with us, we had a family dinner. And I say family because I, I feel like I've been adopted into April and Lisa's family with uh, their mom and aunt and grandmother and we were trying to find a restaurant where we could enjoy dinner before we got on the road to head back to DC. And we ended up going to an Italian place where there were some vegetable options, there were some gluten-free options. But when we sat down to go ahead and order, Lisa, what did you decide that you wanted to eat that night?
1: I mean, pork. <laughs> Duh. There's like nothing, it's, it's the other white, white meat. meat. Yeah. <laughs> so delicious and salty. And I remember that day like going over some options and kind of looking at the menu and feeling this bit of like, I don't know, but should I get it? And yeah, I went with the pork chop. Pork chop always wins. It was, for the record, delicious.
2: Yeah, because it arrived... <laughs> It arrived on the table, sizzling, Mm. perfectly grizzled. Mm. Um, A little bit of fat around the side, just pooling on the plate. I ordered cauliflower. Mm. Cauliflower didn't look like that.
0: It did not. I also got the cauliflower. It did not look like (laughs) the pork chop.
2: I'm doing my plant-based thing where I order all the sides. Nope. We're not like
0: that. So
2: I look over, half drooling, at my sister's pork chop, and she's like... Takes off, cuts it? off a piece. No, she doesn't even ask me. I think she just like cut off a piece and was like, here.
1: No, you said, no, because I, I remember I was having this back and forth. And you said, oh, I want a piece of that pork chop. Because I remember saying, you cannot have a pork chop. <laughs> you can't have a pork chop. And you were like, but I really want it. But just give me a little piece. And so finally, I cut you a little piece of the pork chop. Because I remember I was like anxiously sitting to watch you
0: eat this pork chop. Like, she's not really going to do this. Like, I know she's not really going to do this. Because at this point, how long had you had been? Excuse me. How long had you been plant based?
2: Um, probably a year or two years at that point. Right. But, but more importantly, my biology is such that I've been through this whole journey. I've talked about this a little bit on previous podcast episodes. That um, I absolutely cannot eat meat. Like my digestive system riots, and I knew that. But I mean, calculated risk. I mean, sometimes you just you just gotta take, you just gotta pull the trigger. You know. So did did you eat the pork chop? She gave me a delicious piece, and I swirled it in my mouth, and I chewed it until you know, like a piece of gum, until all the flavor was gone. (laughs) And then she spit it in a napkin, and it was done. But it was like you know, it's like the temporary enjoyment of sin. Like it was just delicious. It was awesome, and I had to. I knew, though, that I couldn't swallow it because as soon as I did, I would feel it immediately. Like, that's how visceral um, animal-based products are in my digestive system. Mm -hmm. And So it was born because there's this jealous. I felt this jealous feeling of, like, it it was easy for her to order a a pork chop, and it came, and it looked beautiful, and it's all nostalgia. And, by the way, it was pretty emotional, deeply emotional time for me, and I wanted a comfort food, and
0: she had it. Mm. And I remember sitting there, like, so jealous. I remember um, we had gone through, like, three iterations with the waiter. He was going back and forth on what we could and couldn't eat and what could and couldn't be modified to take care of our dairy allergy specifically, but also, uh, for me, making sure it was gluten-free. Yeah, and meanwhile, Lisa's like, pork chop! And then that's what she ordered, and it just came and it was easy, and there was no discussion about it. Um, And so, yeah, there was definitely some feelings of jealousy (laughs) for you and I at that table that night.
1: So what's interesting about that, too, is I felt like it was that conversation, because after I ordered the pork chop, And April did her half-eat it thing. Uh, There was this whole conversation of, you know, plant-based and why people go and allergies and this kind of thing. And it was not until that conversation that I started to realize that maybe I had dairy allergy. That I had a dairy allergy. So it was after that that I started to investigate, and I did find out. Oh, I do have a dairy allergy, and it is actually pretty severe. Um, I had just been choosing to ignore it. Um, Not quite the same as a calculated risk because I wasn't, I didn't know really. But then after that, I did a little experimenting where I wouldn't have dairy and then I would have dairy and then I I wouldn't have dairy and I would have dairy. And I absolutely noticed the difference every time I had dairy. And I feel like that was the thing that kind of opened up this platform for there's so many things that people don't know. There's so many like allergies that people do have. There's so many things that people probably shouldn't be eating that they are eating without knowing that they shouldn't be eating them. Um, and I feel like that was another contributing factor to the birth of a jealous vegan.
2: Right. And not just not eating it because, you know, somebody said so, but not eating it because their biology actually is responding to it and they're not even in tune with it. Like one thing I coach with on as a health coach is listening to your body. And um, I had an older gentleman tell me one time recently, he said, my body doesn't talk to me. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, it does. (laughs) You just don't know, right? (laughs) Um, And I think it's interesting about your story, Lisa, because as a result of that, you realized that you had a dairy allergy. I remember going to you when that time we had a very, you were rehoming your cats, Mm -hmm. right? And we went somewhere, Mm -hmm. and there was a, what did you have? An enchilada? Enchilada extra cheese. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember saying, your emotional eating right now, emotionally eating, you know, you can't have that, and you're just like, Yeah, I don't care, I'm going in all the cheese.
1: <laughs> Not even <laughs> 20 minutes, we were still sitting at the table when I felt sick. Not even 20 minutes, yeah, so amazing. Yeah. And to me, now looking back, I think it's so amazing that how did I miss that, and you know. <laughs> What really blows my mind is that I really didn't miss it, right? I had all these symptoms of nasal congestion, headaches, all sorts of things. I kept going to the doctor, and she's like, oh, it's allergies. Take a Zyrtec. Take this. Take that. She said, maybe you're allergic to cats. At the time, I had two cats. You're allergic to cats. Maybe your home is growing mold. Maybe <laughs> all of these things. And she never said, what Maybe. You shouldn't eat dairy. Like, that was not even one thing that ever came up. And I remember trying—because I get really—it almost feels like I have the flu. Like, I get so much nasal congestion. I get a fever. I get a headache. Um. And I remember being really frustrated. And for at least a year and a half, I was trying to figure out what it was— And the Zyrtec didn't really help. And I'm like, well, why do I have allergies in the winter? Because that seems weird. (laughs) Like, uh, is anything blooming right now? Like, it's weird. weird. (laughs) So that's why she was like, oh, maybe you have mold. Maybe you're allergic to your cats. Um, And it it got worse in the summer. But I found that that actually came because I love ice cream. I mean, if you scroll back through my Instagram, it's really funny. There's, like, a picture where I honestly have... I'm pretty sure it's like six containers of ice cream and a container of ice cream cones. Like, that's how much I love ice cream. I was having ice cream on a daily basis, for sure. And um, she never even said anything about dairy.
2: What's funny, too, about that is I remember feeling like, why are you always sick? Yeah. And it seemed like you would keep a cold forever and then you'd be fine. And then you'd be like, Mucinex. And I'm like, it's not normal for you to be on Mucinex like <laughs> <Every> nonstop. <day. laughs> and again, in the wintertime, in the summertime, I'm like, what's, what's happening? Maybe, and I thought maybe, maybe it's stress. Maybe your stress, your immune system is suppressed because of stress. Um, to find out all along that, oh, yeah, can't have dairy. And then the pivotal question is, well, how do I get my ice cream?
0: No. That's where the jealous part comes. Yeah. How do I get my ice cream? There are plant-based desserts. I I found th- there's a p- few places where ice cream is pretty decent. I'm not a sweets person, so it doesn't really impact me the same to give up dessert. But I understand, you know, I if you love ice cream, it's probably I would have a little t-
1: pint difficult. of ice cream. Sorry. I would have a little pint of ice cream every day. I'm wow. not kidding.
2: Every right. day. And the compounded effect of that would be, yeah, congested all the time. All the time. Yeah. For you, Jen, it'd be analogous to like giving up pasta, right? You can have um, gluten-free pasta. I'm just saying, if you, it's
0: like, I, I I love I love pasta. Um, oh yeah, I don't I don't love pasta. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. My things are definitely ice cream and cheese. That's what I miss the most.
0: Cheese is hard, I think, but I have found some some vegan or plant-based cheeses that are replicate the sensation of cheese, uh, with the exception of Like, nothing really melts the same. Plant-based cheeses do not melt like standard cheese. And there's very few plant-based cheeses that I wanna slice and eat with a cracker. You know, it's something that I could put on a sandwich or that I could add to, I mean, I can make my own pizza and it actually, you know, turns out pretty okay, but there's still just something a little bit off about it. Um, Yeah, so, yeah,
2: nothing melts like Velveeta.
0: It's probably, like, <laughs> eggs for me, though. Like, I miss mm. eggs. And if you think about it, eggs are in so many baked dishes. Um, that's probably what the ice cream thing is for you. Uh, for me, you know, that that I can't have eggs. No. Yeah. And that's a serious yeah. thing. Yeah.
2: yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Lisa, because you haven't been sick in a long time. Nope, I haven't. And this
1: allergy season... It's the first allergy season I did not take any medicine at all. It's totally fine. Mm. I don't even know if I even
0: ever had allergies. (laughs) Except to dairy. (laughs) I mean,
1: you know how much money I spent in Zyrtec? That stuff is not cheap. (sighs)
2: I'm <sighs> the, the next. Well, for myself, like when I gave up dairy, really gave up dairy. Like it's not vacillating back and forth. Like okay, I'm gonna make a, you know, always not eat it for a while, and then it's like I'm gonna treat myself and I'm gonna have ice cream or pizza, and then it'd be you know sliding right back. But when I really gave it up, um, my seasonal allergies went away, and I was taking Zyrtec pretty much. Uh, Every day and sometimes I felt like I needed to take it more than once I take the 24-hour But I felt like I would need to take two doses which Mm. they tell you not to do But I was just like so congested and I was feeling tired and sluggish and I haven't taken it since Um, I also noticed that and learned that vitamin C is a natural antihistamine I do have seasonal allergies, but they're not nearly as severe as my dairy allergy, which made me feel like I had severe seasonal allergies Mm -hmm. Um, which, to your point, Leela, is like your doctor wasn't even looking for food.
0: She was looking for environmental something impact. in the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you found that people feel differently if you say, I'm a vegan versus I try to eat as many vegetables as possible or I'm mostly plant-based? Is there a different reaction when you use those words? Oh,
1: yeah. Don't ever use the V word. Okay. Not. No. People automatically. I don't know why. I really do feel like the word vegan is like nails on a chalkboard for people. They're just like anything but that. I don't know why. I don't. And then what's interesting is once you start to explain it, um, people will say, well, I don't really know much about vegan or what does that mean? And I'm like, well, why are you so mad about it? You don't know. Um, So, yeah, I definitely prefer to say plant based mostly plant-based. Uh, I eat a lot of vegetables.
2: Yeah, vegan is such a loaded term. I feel like people imagine when I say vegan that I'm somehow standing in condemnation of the rest of the carnivore population. I pull out my pitchfork and go, um, you know, hunting, witch hunting, if you will, for the meat eaters. And and I don't know if that's just a historical, the way thing it, it's been or if it's somehow... I don't know, I don't know where that comes from, but yeah. um, I do find that we need to, this, is why the Jealous Vegan is here, we need to change the dialogue about that because really it's it's a question of, you don't have to be, it's an issue of you don't have to be 100% plant-based in order to approach a healthier lifestyle um, and you have to listen to your body and that, that's also what I feel is missing in the argument of like, okay, you need, you need air quote, uh, chicken, cool, eat chicken, also, Plate of spinach though, throw it on there too. Oh, and some strawberries and something else and let's approach it. There's some really good um, nut milks that I've found since going vegan that are delicious. And I don't miss dairy uh, dairy milk at all. No, no. Yeah, so
0: (laughs) when I was a kid, my mom read this book about um, food. Called, I think it's called Food for Life or Fit for Life. And we stopped e- drinking milk at that point. Um, and so we would have cereal and with orange juice. What? <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> In the cereal? Or it's like just, on this the was, side?
0: No, no. This is before almond milk was ubiquitous, right? So we would, instead of having cow's milk, we would buy cereal, like usually Wheaties or Ch- Honey Nut Cheerios, and we would just pour orange juice over the cereal and eat it that okay, way. that's that's wrong. Okay, on a lot okay, of levels. Okay. I'm sorry. I, okay. the audience really can't see loaded. me scratching
2: my head right now, but I'm like OJ. I mean, that's might as well use water. Like I just like, no, oh.
1: no. Orange juice is not a substitution for milk. It okay. has
0: a
2: completely different flavor <laughs>
0: profile. In Indeed. Okay, I was like, sweet. Understood. Understood. <laughs> However, what I will tell you is that you know. Some decades ago, you couldn't just buy almond milk. It wasn't available anywhere. Fair. Whereas now, yes, there are (laughs) all of these dairy substitutes that are made from nuts. And I'm using the word dairy substitutes instead of milk because I don't know if you heard that this week the FDA is saying that they're no longer going to allow you to use the word milk if it does not come from a mammal that lactates, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Well, that explains why
2: that—what's that milk that I like? They spell it with a Y. Is it ripple? No, I can't think of what it is. It's some kind of milk. I I love this stuff. It's made from almonds, I think, and got some cashew or cashew milk, I think it is. Delicious. Anyway, um,
0: that makes sense. It it doesn't make sense. I don't know why we are classifying milk in such a narrow, have such a narrow definition for milk. But anyway, um, yes, there are some plant-based alternatives to cow's milk. That are just as filling um, and that you can drink straight. So I, I love that the that the food industry has caught up with the need for supplying some sort of alternative for people like us who have a dairy allergy.
2: Yeah, there used to Orange be. <laughs> On this yeah, I'm, I'm sorry right that now. I mentioned it now. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. I mean, that's that's interesting that you would do it. Like, I just can't imagine the flavor profile, but it worked for you. So. It was fine. And you're right that there was it's, nothing. I mean, when I started to make a switch, it, there was there was only silk, which yeah. I don't even drink now. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, just that I found other milks that I prefer. Right. Um, and I've learned to make my own, which is actually. Pretty good. The hardest part I found was switching with regular cow's milk is thicker. Unless you're drinking skim milk, which is more watery. But nut milk just is
0: not as thick, but it's more flavorful. I just, I don't. Yeah, I like Califia Farms. Um, I mean, there's a couple of really strong brands out on the market today. So there's no lack of options for people who don't want to consume animal products. So... Have you heard any, gotten any feedback or flack maybe for having a pork chop as the cover art for our podcast?
2: Not yet. Well, there was one person who reached out to me. She said, I think you're going to alienate hardcore ethical vegans with a pork chop on the cover. And I said, Well, mm. thanks her for her feedback. Hardcore ethical vegans are not our audience because we're not hardcore. And because we want to change the dialogue, we don't have pitchforks. We're, we're not, not vegans. We're not. We're not <laughs> vegans, right? We're plant based. Yeah. Um, and actually, the pork chop is to when because our name we have vegan in the name, um, and yet a pork chop on the podcast cover. I want to interrupt. We want to interrupt what people think about vegans, and we want to interrupt the dialogue that they normally, the rhetoric there they're used to seeing about what it is to be vegan and what it is to be a meat eater. The simple fact is that, yeah, I feel jealous regularly that I can't just go to any restaurant and have a steak. It's very easy to go there and order off the menu. Um, Mm -hmm. I have to be much more thoughtful about what I'm eating. And even when I'm ordering veggies, does that have butter? Any cream in that? Mashed potatoes. Have cream sometimes, right? And cream spinach I used to love. Can't have it. Any cheese in that? Even when I'm ordering vegetables, I still have to ask. And there's a sense of thoughtfulness there that sometimes I don't, I, I don't, you know. The pork chop that began the Jealous Vegan tasted amazing, just didn't swallow it.
0: <laughs> Is that like fine wine where they like swirl around it. in a their sommelier. mouth and they spit it out? You're a meat sommelier. <laughs> a meat sommelier. A, vegan. Meat. a vegan. A vegan meat sommelier. sommelier. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: So to speak to your point about um, breaking the idea that people have about being vegan, I saw this photo on Instagram the other day and one side said how meat eaters see the grocery store, and it was like the meat and it was pork and chicken and whatever, and then the other side said how vegans see the grocery store and it said death hurt <laughs> uh, <laughs> anguish and it's like everything's written in blood and it's oh like no. <laughs> and it, it really spoke to me because I'm like I as someone who I'm not 100% vegan but as someone who tries not to eat animals I still don't see it as this awful thing that people do and the animals I mean there is an animal there's like a cruelty component there there is you know want for better care for the animals if I feel like that's a normal human feeling to feel sorry for another living thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't walk through the meat department seeing death smeared on the on the doors, you know. Um, but I do think that a lot of people have that idea that if you don't eat meat, if you are vegetarian or vegan, then you have this really, like you said, you're ready to hunt them down. And, you know, you're so wrong. You guys are murderers and you're this and you're that. And. It doesn't have to be that. I personally don't feel that way, and I think a lot of people who choose not to eat animals also don't feel that way.
2: Right. It's yeah. a form of shaming, right? It's a, that's For what sure. I think is is what people respond to, is that in the past, um, plant basers, vegans have been known to shame meat eaters. You're this and you're that. And it's a form of shaming, and that's never a reason that you want to encourage someone to do something or not do something, that should never be, shame should never be the reason someone um, makes a different choice. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're here, because we want to provide support to people who want to transition and maintain a plant-based lifestyle and recognizing that we have carnivore friends and family that we want to dine with and we love them and they've made their choice. And we've made ours. And we've made ours.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever told you that I didn't eat meat for about 15 months. I think it was about 2003 I, I started reading this book, and I loved it because it told the history of the fast food industry, but it also delved into how American um, farmers were kind of subjugated to this lifestyle where they couldn't really make enough money to sustain their families because you know the fast food industry was requiring all, all of these potatoes and chickens and and cows for slaughter, Um, but how they uh, they couldn't keep up with the production, and yet that increased demand didn't actually drive a higher price, um, which was kind of against economic theory. But um, in it, the guy goes into what happens in, in taking a cow from a farm through the slaughtering process to the grocery store shelves, and it was so disgusting. But I just felt like, like, like I mean, like I just said, I can't do, I can't, I can't consume this anymore. And I probably should read that book again. <laughs> because, you know, after recently having some brisket, I was like, I probably shouldn't be eating this. And I'm not, I've never, I would never consider myself an ethical vegan. I think um, there are, you know, adverse react, um, responses um, for the planet based on people's consumption of meat. And I think that um, there are health concerns associated with eating animal products, especially based on the way that they are um, highly, the industrialized nature of the slaughtering process today versus, you know, maybe 50 years ago, you'd go to a farm and they'd, you know, kill an animal and they'd clean it up and give you the parts that you wanted. And, you know, there was probably very little um, opportunity for disease, but that's not true in today's world. So I I don't know. I just reminded that... um, There are lots of reasons why people embrace a plant-based lifestyle and we have, I think we all actually have different reasons, but it's something that um, I think anyone would benefit from eating more plants, even if it doesn't mean that they necessarily eliminate animals from their diet. Right,
2: and there's a rejection of labels too, right? There's this thing of like, am I 100%, am I vegan? Because We have a a blog post, that, am I an imposter if I'm not 100%, right? Why do you need a label? Eat what you need to eat for your body. And sometimes, you just wanna eat what what tastes good. You just want that pork chop, right? Because there's nothing that tastes like
0: pork. See, I don't feel that way. I feel like beef. Like, I can never eat pork. Well, besides bacon. I can never eat pork. (laughs) and I'd be fine. But give me like a really, really good piece of steak or some brisket or um, some flank, you know? I don't know.
2: But see, that's the thing. It's like it's everybody's personal lamb. preference, right? Yeah. And and
0: also informed by your biology. For
2: me, it is a biological reinforcing effect. Don't eat that. Um, but it's not. that's not the case for everybody. And so, again, shame should never be the reason somebody makes a choice or doesn't make a choice. Tune into your body. In Lisa's point, like, actually, my body does inform it. I just wasn't, you know, in tune to it. Yeah. Um, there, Like you said, there are lots of reasons. There's environmental and ethical and dietary reasons for eating more plants. Find, I your, think, find your lane. I think also that
1: with everything that we've been doing with The Jealous Vegan, the point that or the thing that really sits with me is outside of labels, outside of whatever, make a conscious decision. If you're trying to save the animals, try to save the animals. If you are listening to your body, listening to your body. But just be conscious of, of what you're eating, why you're eating it, and why you're choosing not to eat something. Because I feel like in this era that we live in, everybody's doing things because it's popular, because it's a fad, because this person's doing it or that person's right. doing it. Or you see this celebrity doing it or that. And none of those things are sustainable, really. Um But when you know for yourself, and this is really true of anything in life, right? When you know for yourself why you're doing something, you're absolutely more likely to stick to it because it's for you. And there's nobody who can come later and shake you down from that. You've made your decision and and you're going to stick to it. And so I think for me, that has been vital in, in my journey, absolutely I will not eat dairy because I know it makes me really, really sick. Um, In terms of meat, I haven't come up with my clear reason, you know, really why I don't want to eat meat. I kind of feel like I don't, but I haven't come to that concrete, this is my why. But when I do, um, I feel like it'll be better because I won't be so wishy-washy about it.
2: I think that's a really strong point. Find your why. For doing anything, right? Don't just eat McDonald's because it's available to you. Be conscious. I think that's a really strong point. Nugget. That's
0: a (laughs) nugget. Not a chicken nugget. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed spending some time with us, hearing more about our story and how The Jealous Vegan came to be. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review if you'd like us to know what you think. You can find out more about us at thejealousvegan.com. And please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and connect on Facebook at The Jealous Vegan. As always, we want to encourage you to be mindful and conscious not to let perfection be the enemy of progress.